Hi, this is Mark Wade, writer of Daredevil, and you're listening to Longbox Heroes. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 486 of Longbox Heroes, the Lamborghini of comic book podcasts. How are we doing today, Joe? I'm doing good, Todd. Creeping ever closer to episode 500. Does that mean we have to start discussing soon what we're going to do for the big 500 celebration? No, but we do have to start discussing what we're going to do for the big 501 episode. Is this the episode where we get the Rob on? Oh, my God. If not, I'll have the 501 Blues, Joe. Right. So we had um, we had talked about this many, many moons ago. When the Rob was running hot, like, the Rob's <laughs> calmed down a little bit. I think his lawyer told him to lay low. Yeah. I, I heard on another podcast, I listened to someone threw out the phrase, too broke for something. Then it rhymes with broke. And while I don't think that constitutes the Rob, you know. Uh. Yeah, he's definitely not broke. No, Rob's doing all right. I just think there's been nobody riling him up. Oh, you got to get somebody with that with the with the Rob poking stick. I don't listen. I we we are a pro Rob show. I'd say we are. We have. Our, we sometimes we 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 disagree, but I think we've come around to the pro Rob sentiment. Well, no, I didn't listen. I didn't say that we agree with the Rob. I'm just saying we support the Rob and whatever ventures he's doing. Right. And all things the Rob we yes. support. Uh, in the Rob we trust, maybe. I don't know. We'll come up with a great Let's, slogan. Listen, support and trust are not mutually exclusive terms. Oh, okay. So what do we got to discuss today instead of opining for the Rob to misbehave? Uh, It's another light news week uh, as, you know, the beginning of the year. But we do have, you know, one of your favorite things. What books are going to be late and canceled? I know how much you love those. And also a comic creator is bringing another project to TV with the help of a po'boy, if you will. Um, Con news, free digital books and sales. What we read last week, which was Second Coming number six and Dead Eyes number four. What we're looking forward to this week. And at the end, we'll have spoiler filled talk of Arrow, Legends of Tomorrow, and Doctor Who. And one of those is the true time traveling show. That's all I'm going to say. We'll let the listeners decide. I'll, uh, I'll keep my remarks until the end of the show when we discuss the TV shows. Good, because I wouldn't want you to, you know, ruin anything for that part of the show. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, getting into the news, and I just, like, seconds ago, I didn't want to interrupt you, um, got the uh, Poe Boys joke, and that was pretty bad. (laughs) What? Yes. I wanted to jump in while you were going through, um, you know, the the tease for the news there. When you said one of my favorite segments of the show, books that are canceled and are late, I was going to jump in and say, "Go on, guess what publishers doing that?" <laughs> well, Marvel uh, has late books too. You you just never mention them because the check clears all the time. Marvel is at least upfront and honest. 
in well, some regards. Well, well, how is DC not upfront and honest when we do the report every week about it? Here's everything that's up that's late. And what more honest do you want to be? You want like, oh, well, the artist's hand, you know, got broke and that's why they can't. What do you want? An explanation why the books are late? I would like an excuse as to why these <laughs> books are late. I really would. Like what? The, the the artist hurt his ankle. Remember when that was a when that was an excuse? Was it the artist hurt his ankle or was it um, that my personal favorite is during uh, Civil War where Steve McNiven had a sore throat? That was a good one. But there was one during the Hulk where I want to say it was Keon broke his ankle and couldn't draw. I, I could understand that if he's bedridden due to the injury. I don't know. You know, the severity of the broken ankle. Right. Uh, but be that as it may, uh, we do have late books. And I think where this is coming from is just after last week's episode where we kind of ran through, like, here's all this crazy stuff that Dan DiDio said about, like, oh, we're not, you know, books aren't going to be late, especially on the black label side. And yes, none of these books are black label books. <laughs> but... Whatever Superman Heroes is, uh, that is late, as well as Superman Villains. Again, I'm not reading either one of these books, so I don't know, but they're both late. Mm-hmm. Uh, Doom Patrol number seven, as it says in this article, continues its fine tradition of lateness <laughs> with its final issue slipping from the end of January to the end of February, which in turn is putting the collection from the beginning of April to the beginning of May, uh, I'm sure those dates will hold steadfast and true. I don't like Doom Patrol stealing Doomsday Clock's gimmick. That's right. I guess if you have Doom in your title, you're allowed to be late. If you're anyone other than Jerry Way, you're stealing my gimmick. <laughs> That's right. Anyone who calls himself Jared all, Gerald or Jared or whatever his name is, I immediately call them Jerry. That's right. And they have a dot TV. But anyway. That's right. But most importantly, the one that affects us the most is Inferior 5. Uh, number 5 has slipped. Uh, now, obviously, I know uh, Jeff Lemire is working on dozens and dozens of things. I don't know what else Salty Keith has in the works. Uh, but that book has slipped a full uh, like month. Mm-hmm. With the um, the the final issue, which was supposed to be the sixth issue before it got cut down from a 12-issue miniseries to a six-issue miniseries is to the end of February. And I don't know. Like, I th- <laughs> as I want an a explanation as to why books are late, I'm sad to report that I'm guessing that the reason that these two books are late is lack of interest. Oh boy! Not from me, not from you, not to the you know. But I still and notice how in this one there's no mention of the collection because I still think this one is going to get a collection solicited, but not a collection printed. Hey, hey, that's a totally different segment, Joe. <laughs> Don't be mixing your segments. Now I know what you're talking about, but in all of that, Joe, and all that, my favorite book that's going to be late is the Flash Silver Age 123 facsimile book. How does a reprint book become late? 
That's that's the question I want answered. All that other stuff is, hey, maybe Salty Keats off, you know, on a pleasure cruise or something. Anything could happen there. But to go, we're doing these facsimile books uh, for whatever they are. What the the Carmine Infantino isn't finished drawing Flash from 1960, whatever. I don't know. It confuses me. So that one may be, and that's that's the one where there, where there should be some sort of transparency, right? To like be like, hey, there was a printing error, or we're 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 moving it back to coincide with the announcement of the the new Flash movie that's coming out or something. I don't know. Like if they had an announcement or something, then that would make sense. Or like the Flash TV show or has something around. Then I don't know, but that one boggles me. Yeah, it's always it's always a mystery as to why uh, these sort of things happen, you know. Well, Dan Didio is a gambler, keeping those cards close to his vest. Let's oh, say. Oh boy! Well, that's the thing. He's not. He goes. It's like here's full transparency. Here's everything uh, with the books being late and all this other stuff. And then, like the following week, it's like, oh, here's a bunch of books that are late, uh, plus a book that's being canceled. Some would say the linchpin of the Sandman Presents Universe books, whatever they are, over at Not Vertigo. And is it are they black label? Yes, they are black label. They have black they have black label. Remember they jumped the gun switching them over to black label? Because yeah. it was supposed to go to the end of the year. And I want to say that the John Constantine one shot. Uh, like that started as the special that kicked off the uh, John Constantine Hellblazer book was the first black label of what should have been the last of the Vertigo books. Yeah, like the solicitations all said that it was going to be Vertigo, but when it actually ended up getting printed, mm-hmm. it didn't say Vertigo on it. It said black label. Right. Early in your hands, black label John Constantine. Right. But again, like I said, I would assume the linchpin book of the Sandman Universe book the dreaming is being canceled at issue 20 when it was supposed to go what? Cause you remember when they made the announcement of the, that the, the, we even found out it was like a weird way. It was like the first year of it was like these 12 issues. And they're like, they're greenlit for a second season. They almost called it like 12, 12 more issues. And everybody was like, Oh, these weren't ongoings. They were whatever. And now didn't even make that 24. It's only at 20. I don't know if they're canceling it to, for something, but I mean, with Netflix doing a Sandman series or whoever's doing that streaming series with Sandman, you figured you'd want to get, have some stuff ready to go in trades when that comes out more. Right. So the only thing I could fathom with this is just kind of putting the pieces together that, uh, back in October, uh, at New York comic con, DC said that G. Willow Wilson was going to be taking over the book uh, from Simon Spurrier with issue 18, which isn't out yet, right? But the solicitations for 19 and 20, 20 being the last issue, don't say G. Willow Wilson is uh, uh, and Nick Robles, the artist, as the creative team. It still says Simon Spurrier is the writer. So maybe... They're letting him finish out his run and maybe launching with a new number one with her as the new creator, as opposed to like her just coming on as like the the new writer on like issue 18 or issue 20 or whatever it is. Right. Taking over the book. But the fact that there's no information being given about this flies in the face of this recent transparency. Yeah. The only thing I can think of is maybe some character will spin out of the dreaming 
like whatever character like there's a main character in there who's this female who who like you know is the linchpin of the story maybe they'll give her a solo story or something and she'll write that i i don't know you know yes maybe next previews we'll know all yeah it'll be at least another month before we have any sort of real information on this um you know whether it be as todd mentioned the next previews or when c2e2 happens in five weeks the Mm. first big official convention of the year is emerald city before then i think we looked at this but let me look again yes we should you know only if people wrote stuff and stuck it to the wall there was a time when i used to keep like a rolling list of all the big conventions and stuff Mm -hmm. then i sent you that handy dandy link yeah, well, I have that, but that the uh, that handy dandy link is not as reliable as one would hope. Right. Um. Lot a lot of links, a lot of links to dead links or Facebook pages. <laughs> right. Uh. But no, Emerald City is uh second week of March. Oh, okay. So that's yeah. first then. Was that? No, that's that's second then. Right, because like I said, usually Emerald City was the first one to kick things off. C2E2 moving from mid-April to late February has kind of thrown that schedule off. Right. Chicago in late February. Mm -hmm. If only there was a wrestling event that Sunday in the same building that I could avoid as well. (laughs) Oh, boy. And just go and eat deep dish pizza and not see it. Mm -hmm. So the last bit of news I want to mention, typically we don't talk a ton about movies or TV stuff here. Uh, Because it's all speculative and it's all whatever. But usually if it's something big, something that Todd and I have championed before, something something that we both have uh, very fond uh, affection for, is we had talked about it a couple weeks ago when we were going over that website's top 50 first issues thing. Mm -hmm. One of them that was included in there was the Brian K. Vaughn, Tony Harris, Ex Machina book. Right. What was announced over the weekend that that is being made into a movie uh, featuring, starring, produced by Oscar Isaacs. And the two funny things about it that I wanted to bring up was they're changing the name of the uh, movie when it gets made from Ex Machina to The Great Machine because there already is a movie out there called Ex Machina that also starred Oscar Isaacs. Right, which is one of my favorite movies ever made. A really good movie, yes. Really good movie. Uh, I can't think of the guy whose name it, but he did a lot of stuff with Danny Boyle. He helped write uh, uh, 28 Days Later and Sunshine and all that stuff. Really, really good, but uh, I'm kind of sad that it's going to be called The Great Machine, but I'll still see it. So, uh, You know, as long as they stick to the source material, which is very strong, um, again, just avoiding any further confusion of two different movies Starring the same actor with the same title. That's right, Poe Dameron. Um, but uh, I thought, was it uh, a TV show or a movie? I got confused. Um, it says movie. Okay, I don't know why I said TV show earlier. I messed that up. But uh, that's why, uh, I, I, like I said, the only thing that makes me kind of sad about this, if it does happen, is that I'm wondering if it will be forever now if we'll ever get that second half of saga because you know they're doing uh why the last man on fx whatever was going on with that and then now this if that's going to take brian k vaughn's time up and it'll be like even further until we see saga do you think yeah uh, yeah i think it's gonna be a while yeah because he said we were gonna get more saga in 2020 but like i said with now with all these irons in the fire 
I'm thinking I'm bet you it gets pushed back to 2021. I could see it being late 2020 just to get it in under the wire saying like, oh, we promised it to you. Here it is the last week of December, you know, that's right, because nobody in comics has ever lied before. That's right. But you know what, though? And that's the thing, you know, we've kind of ragged on DC for and I don't want to say lying, but kind of (laughs) creating the air of transparency. (laughs) Right. Uh, Well, everything Dan Didio says is right from a certain point of view. Right. Dan Didio's a Jedi. Oh, my goodness. But typically when we get these sort of things, you know, and obviously Brian K. Vaughn not having a social media presence hurts these sort of things. Mm. But, you know, typically we would get, like, in the letters page of Saga of, like, here's this, like, here's a whole page of me telling you what's going on. Like, right. uh, things are late because of this, and I did this. You know, uh, the the shooting on this show ran over and I got picked up to do this. And that's, you know, we would get in black and white, you know, whether it was a good excuse or not, we would get the reason why something was late other than just like, it's late, deal with it. Right. Well, do we do we deserve a reason, Joe? Guy's making his money, man. Do we deserve a reason? I'm going to say... No, we don't deserve a reason. After I just said that we should get a reason from DC. Right. The reason we should get a reason from DC is because Dan DiDio went to like the Facebook thing, as we've talked about before with the retailers, and said all this crazy stuff. And then literally less than a week later, oh, here's a whole bunch of books that are being late and canceled and no reasons is to given why, right? Mm-hmm. Ryan K. Vaughn owes us nothing. I didn't even remember that he said we'd be getting more Saga in 2020 until you mentioned it. I think you let him slide because he's a living, breathing person, while DC is a big, soulless corporation. That's why you don't let them slide. And I think corporations should be, you know, thought of as people. Like, you know, no, I'm I'm joking on that. But that's what I think. I think it's because... They're a big, like, you know, a big cog in the machine and everything that they should have. They should have reasons for us because they have so many things where Brian K. Vaughn's just like, ah, it's saga. It's like, you know, that's the one thing because Paper Girls isn't going on anymore, is it? I think it is. See, I don't even know anymore. Like, let me look now. And you make a great point. The fact that Brian K. Vaughn, even though the book is coming out through Image, is a living, breathing person. Whereas DC is maybe a dead soulless company. Right. With poor Dan DiDio having to be the face of said, you know, soulless it's, company. Right. Um, and him going out there kind of towing the company line and spreading all this, whatever it is, just to come back and have it completely contradicted like days later. But like you said, when you're in that big machine, you could say a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff you can't control. You know what I mean? Right. Where when you're one person, it's like, yeah, Saga will come out when it comes out. You know? There's only so much I can do. Paper Girls ended over the summer, end of July. And it says double-sized finale. Okay. So he was doing all that while he wasn't doing... See, my thing was he was doing Paper Girls, writing Paper Girls... While he was doing whatever with Why the Last Man, probably setting up this the, the Great Machine project here, and he was still able to write one book. I'm wondering why he he can't write do all what he's doing and write one one book and it be saga if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. 
So I don't know if he has more on his plate. Like maybe he has, you know, why the last man he has uh, the great machine, which is Ex Machina. And like, I'm just trying to think of another project that he has that they're, that they're trying to, to do. And he's like, I just don't have all my time is in TV right now or movies. I mean, right. And this will be a little bit of a transition over in the, um, little sales and freebies things. Just as I was putzing around over on the image website, they have a page there and I'm going to include it in the show notes, uh, where they have the first issues of a bunch of books there for you to read for free. Mm -hmm. Um, everything from walking dead, wicked and divine, uh, Jason Aaron's The Goddamned, The Fix, uh, first issue of Southern Bastards, uh, first issue of Sex Criminals, first issues of Saga, first issues of Outcast, first issues of Moonshine, uh, first issues of Ice Cream Man, which I know a lot of people listen to the show like, first issues of Descender, first issues of Criminal, and so on and so forth. So I'm just going to include that in the kind of evergreen of the digital sales and freebies because that could keep you busy for a long time. There's a lot of good first issues in there. Yep, yep. Man, I miss Southern Bastards, man. Ooh, that was a good book. Hey, you know what? You know what I missed? I missed The Fix, Joe. That was a good book. That's 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 one that haunts me on the spreadsheet, too. Ugh. It looms over my head. Uh, weekly when I go update the spreadsheet um, of a book that I think we'll just never see the end of. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Any day now it's going to start up. When Saga comes back, so and Southern Bastards, we're going to get we're, we're going to get the fix to all three of them, the trifecta in one month. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be this month though. No, or next month, or March, or April. So we can keep hoping and dreaming. Mm-hmm. Maybe though, uh, if you're heading out to a convention this weekend, and one of your favorite creators are going to be there, you could ask them where these books are. <laughs> Maybe they're friends of a friends of someone. Whether you're at the California Comic Con in Costa Mesa, California, where uh, Jim Steranko and Eric Larson are going to be. Eric Larson's a muckety muck over at Image. Maybe he could answer some of those questions for you. Ask Jim some questions. He's a nice guy to me, too. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> uh, you could also, what about the uh, Frankfurt Con in Frankfurt, Kentucky? Not uh, Germany. Peter, was that? Not Germany? No. No. No, okay. no international conventions right now, at least that I could find. Okay. Uh, where Peter David is going to be there, mm-hmm. uh, as are from the world of sports and entertainment. Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff and both Jumpin' Jim Brunzel and B. Brian Blair, the Killer Bees. And I say this all the time whenever they pop up at a convention. If they ain't doing a photo op with the Killer Bee masks on, then I guess they just hate money. They Do they get to do two if they have the masks? Because then you could be like, you could have us without the masks and with the masks. What the, right, so you should you there should be the option you want to throw like one is like five dollars more, five dollars less, however you want to swing it, mm-hmm. one with the masks on with the masks off, 
And they should have, like, the community mask that you get to wear if you want to. Oh, my God. Yes, just there's nothing I want more than to wear the mask 20 other uh, comic uh, geeks who went to this convention put over their head. Yes, that's going to be fantastic. (laughs) The community mask. (laughs) Just, like... (sighs) But Wizard World Portland uh, is also going on, and that's Portland, Oregon. Uh, no creators of note that I could see there, but I remember like a year or two ago where Wizard World was like hitching their wagon to the Back to the Future experience where they had like yep. Michael J. Fox, uh, Christopher Lloyd and Leah Thompson. And then there'd be like one or two others maybe. And right. at least the DeLorean. Right. It seems as though this particular time, it's the Smallville experience. Right. I think this is the second time in as many weeks that you've got Tom Welling, Michael Rosenbaum, Erica Durance, John Glover, and others from the Smallville TV show. Still no Allison Mack. No, listen. <laughs> well, I, you know what? I'm sure uh, when the boys over at not part of the soon-to-be-named network, but uh, a fun podcast nonetheless, Necronomapod, do their episode about Allison Mack, I'm sure they'll uh, list her convention appearances as uh, as well, or at the very least, wherever they're holding her these days. That's right. The green room. So uh, the links to all these conventions will be in the show notes, along with the aforementioned soon to be named network at soon to be named network.com, soon to be named network.tumblr.com, where all the shows in the network, uh, whenever they go live, of course, you can follow them on their individual websites. You can follow them on whatever podcatcher that you use. But the one-stop shop for all the shows is soon-to-be-named-network.com, whether it be this show, whether it be Longbox Heroes After Dark, whether it be At Odds with Wrestling, Final Wrestling Place, Wednesday Night Wars, Puzzle Warriors 3, and Profane Arguments, and whenever any of the folks from these shows appear on any other shows, and as long as they let me know, it'll be included there so you can keep up to all the wheelings and dealings of all of your favorite members of the soon-to-be-named network. It's fantastic. Also, we have digital sales and freebies. I mentioned the link, and I'll include that here in these show notes of all those image number one issues that are available digitally for free. Uh, Sales still going on from the previous weeks would be the image Greg Rucka sale and Dark Horse Mike Magnolia sale. Uh, Marvel is having a sale on their The End books. Uh, They're kind of bringing that back as... I think a fifth week event next week. So they're getting you primed and hyped up for that. Um, I think it really, the, be- the, the beginning and the end, pun intended, uh, of that is the Hulk Future and Perfect two-parter. Mm-hmm. And that's absolutely, positively worth your $2 to check that one out. If it's just worth, it's just worth it for everything George Perez put in the room of the things that uh, the maestro has beaten up. Is fantastic. Yes. So there's a lot, and you know, Old Man Wolverine is included in that. Uh, and again, all the the milking they've done of that, and all the milking they've done of X Men: The Ends as well, <laughs> are included in that sale. Uh, also, in, uh, other sales this week is DC doing a uh, DC's finest on Warren Ellis stuff. Uh, Women of Archie sale, and you get, like, your Sabrinas and your other stuff like that included in that sale. Uh, Dynamite is having a sale on Red Sonya stuff, and we've touted it many, many a times here. 
uh, the Gail Simone run on Red Sonia from God, it's almost like it's almost been like seven or eight years ago on that run. The original, yeah the the original well the Gail the Gail Simone Red Sonia run. Oh, I'm sorry, I thought you said something else, but go ahead. <laughs> okay, um, no, it that's uh, and again seven it's, it's six years ago was that run, and that's I think a run that an un, an unheralded run on a book. I agree. I agree. Mm-hmm. For for a second there, my brain went Secret Six, and I don't even want to figure out how old uh, I, that, how, how old that book is. Yeah, I don't want to think about that either because that'll make me depressed. So I'm just going to stick to Red Sonia. Yep, yep. Man, it's been a long time since we've gotten to visit that. I'm just checking to see if any of the newer uh, Red Sonia stuff by Mark Russell is included in this sale, and sadly, it's a little unclear to tell. Because the order in which they do these things, there are a lot of the old Marvel reprints that are included in this sale. So if that's something you're interested in, and just going back to the Warren Ellis stuff, uh, you've got the authority, you've got planetary, uh, you got some of the stuff that he's done on John Constantine included in this, but you could also get Transmetropolitan in this sale as well. Mm -hmm. I think... They have it here, 6 plus 6 plus 9. You can get, like, the entire run of Transmetropolitan, which is a lot of comics for... It's it's a lot of comics, so it's a lot of money. I apologize. But it's uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 10. It's like... 60 plus issues plus all the one shots that they did for like right around 70 bucks. Not bad. You're a regular mathlete, Joe. Yeah. I'm a regular something. So all the links to those will be in the show notes here as well. Uh, You know, the other freebies are still here from last week. I checked. And uh, like I said, that image thing, I can't stress that one enough because that's a great deal. Mm hmm. So let's get into what we're looking forward to coming out this week, Todd. Yes, I'm going to start with Second Coming, number six, written uh, written by Mark Russell with art by Richard Pace and Leonard Kirk. Uh, this is the final part of this miniseries. Uh, in it, Sunstar has announced that he's getting married to his fiance, and the, the the repercussions of that, and what you know, what he's thinking about. If I'm going to be doing this, I won't be able to save people. While that's going on, uh, Jesus is is running around putting you know his group together to maybe see how he's going to do things different than the first time he was on Earth. And while all that's going on, we're finding out what uh, the devil's plot is with the uh, dictator that Sunstar had met in the uh, previous issues. Um, All in all, this was a really great issue, like everything else in Second Coming. But I felt like uh, the way this ended and everything is that, and they even mentioned that there's more coming, that we have hit the midway of this book. And now that it was somewhat of a success, it's getting some accolades, that they're ready to give us, you know, the, the rest of this story. I honestly don't feel like this stuck an ending on it. I feel like there's more to come. Um, and I look forward to the 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 next mini series that they do, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Uh, so you had mentioned, of course, uh, this was a, a much storied book that it was originally supposed to be published by DC at Vertigo until they got some cold feet about it. Mm-hmm. 
uh, Ahoy picked it up, and of course, uh, you know, Ahoy was able to get the most out of this, I think. Um, you had mentioned, of course, they ended on a cliffhanger, and I don't think it's difficult to figure out what the cliffhanger would be. Mm-hmm. If you've been following along, or you could read between the lines of the clues that we had given. Right. I liked how everything came together, how seemingly unrelated stuff from issues four and five all came together as part of a greater plan in issue six. Right. Uh, I also, I was, to be completely honest, I was starting to get a little bored with the conversations between God and Satan. Mm -hmm. In issue five, it seemed like it was taking up too much of the book. And I think it was painting... God is being more naive than one would expect, you know, God to be. Right. But then it all kind of paid off. And the scene at the end with the bowling, Mm -hmm. I think, did a better job of kind of making God's naivete seem more, not palpable, but more acceptable, I guess. Right. And, and I'm trying to be real vague about all this, but I really like this book. Um, I, you know, if you're if you're a fan of any sort of Superman type pastiche, any sort of thing where they'll take like a Marvel or a DC superhero, just kind of file off the serial numbers and get <laughs> to tell some jokes with them. Right. There's a lot of that in this book, and the religion stuff isn't like I think DC slash Vertigo slash Warner's overreacted. To no surprise. I, I agree, other than one, and I'm, I, I do think this book is going to fly under the radar of, you know, like, we, we had the outrage a bit when it was announced, but now that the book's out, you know, people forget. But they make, you know, they, the way they wrap up the uh, Jesus-Devil storyline is very interesting, and... I think if people get their like f- hear about it, which I don't think anybody will, I think there'd be a the, that's the one place that there'd be a big stir from this book. You know what I'm saying, Joe? Like yes. they're trying to trying to keep it, you know, in case you want to read this book and you know if the trade comes out or whatever. But I do think because nobody's seen it, but you get you let that get out, and this book is you know is going to rock it if that makes any sense. Right, and. Uh, Again, I just think that with the, the if Vertigo saw the finished product of this, mm-hmm. I think we might be singing a different song. And sadly, that different song would probably be that this is a book that was just late a bunch of times at DC. Right. Um. But yeah, I, I and you know, obviously, it looks like we hopefully we'll be getting more because of the cliffhanger that this was left on. But it's probably going to be a while. Because I completely, I knew it was coming out, but I forgot that it was coming out so soon. And by soon, I mean March. They had the little teaser there at the end for Mark Russell's next thing that he's doing at at Ahoy called Billionaire Island. Mm -hmm. And this was one of those things where it was like, oh, yeah, that's right. This is coming out. Oh, it has a date right here. Well, I'm not going to read this preview. I'm just going to put it on my list. Yep. Uh, Because Mark Russell is slowly but surely becoming one of those uh, creators that... Uh, I'll, I'll at least read the premise of what the book is before I put it on my list, but it's going to go on the list, you know? Right. And he's slowly creeping up there for me that now I want to kind of go get his back stock, mm-hmm. if you will, like Snagglepuss and Flintstones, which I never got around to. I have Flintstones. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I got those ones in trade because those were ones that kind of came under the radar a little bit. Mm-hmm. And by the time I think the first, like, they were hard to come by. It's not like they're, like, way super expensive or anything, but they're just hard to come by. And the Snagglepuss stuff, wasn't it, like, second feature stuff in other stuff? But didn't he do, after that, some Snagglepuss stuff? I think he just did, like, a one-shot. Okay. Maybe I'm, I'm There's thinking. not a lot of it. Okay. Let me see, though. Right, because, you know, we've... I know this is going to shock a lot of people. We have been known to make a mistake or two on this show. Because I know Mark Russell isn't, you know, a political musical satirist either that was a mistake by me yes yes yes. right so there is a trade that kind of collects it all Mm -hmm. um but it's a little unclear as to like what the what it yeah like where the original material came from if that that makes any sense right because it could come from uh uh, okay, so it, it actually, so there was a miniseries, mm-hmm. and then there was the back matter from the Suicide Squad Banana Split special. Right, so there is a six-part mini from, yeah. called uh, Exit Stage Left Snagglepuss Chronicles. Right. So yeah, I guess there was more than you thought. Right, and it looks like it's in print. Um, so yeah, then I'll go on the list of things to uh, maybe add to the collection. Yep. But if you missed out on Second Coming, I don't know if they've announced a date for the collection to go out, but I highly recommend getting it. I want to say because we're at issue six that the that the trade was in one of the previews. Uh, you know what I mean? From Ahoy Comics. Yeah. Could be. You're going to make me look this up again since we're talking about it. Is that what I do? Yes. Is, is that what I do? That's... I don't like to leave questions out there dangling. I, I You know, when we postulate these kind of you know, open-ended things. Mm-hmm. I like to be the podcast that gives answers, not raises more questions. Um, It looks like a bunch of the stuff is still in print. Like you can get, uh, like if you, if you contact your retailer, if you want the phys- like the single issues, you know, right. You could probably get the single issues still. But I don't see second coming in like the March solicitations. Right. Uh, maybe it's in the April solicitations, or maybe it was in the February ones. But I'm looking up. I don't know, but I found a site that says second coming volume one collects one to six. Um, forthcoming February 2020. Right. So you can get that there. So another book that wrapped up, I would assume, uh, at least for now, is Dead Eyes number four, written by uh, Jerry Dugan with art by John McRae, uh, previously called Dead Rabbit before they got sued over it. And we had postulated when issue four came out and that the trade was going to be the first four issues. It has not been solicited for an issue five just yet. Mm hmm. Uh, but this is another book where it kind of leaves them on a cliffhanger. Right. But that being said, on the last page, that's not like we guessed something else is coming because it says next, the empty frames. Right. But there's no date. 
Right. No, I'm just saying. So I guess like he has a plan for more books, but yes, yes. But go ahead. Uh, so this was the culmination of Deadeye's plan. He tracked down the mobster of the money that he hid in the building. He brought the guy there. They were going to get it and split the money so that he could help pay off his wife's medical bills, which was the only reason that he went back out. And it was because initially uh, the mob initially thought that he was the one that stole the money and hid it. And that's why he retired. Uh, He did retire, but it's not because he stole that money. And he figured, hey, since I'm being accused of stealing this money, I should go find that money and get it. I enjoyed this issue. Uh, I like the fact that, you know, the guy who he got the information from who ended up, you know, who ended up passing away, if you will. Uh, he made the promise to go and, you know, if you're going to do it, split the money with my wife and how that goes down completely wrong. Yep. I'm like, that's a fantastic scene. Like, even though it's Dugan who's writing it, I feel like this, I feel like these could all be like, we've said before a couple of times, these could all be DC hitman stories. Uh, and th- that makes me feel wonderful because I love those, those issues. And I hope he does, you know, he does more. So I, I want to see more dead eyes. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I feel bad that there was a little bit of a stutter step with this book, but I think it really stuck the landing. And I have tried other Jerry Dugan stuff before because he's popped up on Guardians of the Galaxy stuff and Deadpool stuff and stuff that I'm always willing to give a try to. And his writing has just never clicked for me. And this was really the first time that his stuff clicked for me. And it was something I was initially going to avoid until Todd uh, pointed it out to me. And I'm glad he did. Yeah, that's what I do. I'm a pointer. Mm -hmm. And this is something you could probably still order, I think. We haven't hit the cutoff for March orders yet, if you want to get the trade of this. Um, and I recommend you do. It was really good. And, of course, you could always get stuff digitally if you're so inclined to do so. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, it's just, you know, two indie books com- coming to their current natural conclusions. Hopefully we'll be seeing more of sooner than later. Yes. So that's what we read from this past week. Uh, let's get into what we're looking forward to coming out this week. If you head over to longboxheroes.com every Tuesday around 5.30 Eastern Time or so, we put up the poll post, which is a link to a link to all the books that are coming out this week. Whether you get your books in print, whether you get them digitally, whether you get them shipped to your home, whether you want to see if DC has canceled your favorite book or not, (laughs) be forewarned and be forearmed. Know what's coming out this week. Uh, Todd and I every year attempt to guess what the other is most looking forward to coming out uh, this week. I'm currently in the the lead with one correct guess over Todd. We'll see how things continue from here. Mm-hmm. And since it was a even number show, I pick first. Uh, and I'm looking at your list. And is the book you're looking forward to most, Guardians of the Galaxy number one? It is Guardians of the Galaxy number one. And I'm going to guess that's also your book as well. Yes, it is. It is also Guardians of the Galaxy because it's Al Ewing, isn't it? Yep, it's a new number one, new creative team coming on the book, and that creative team consists of Al Ewing, who has been knocking it dead and killing it over on Immortal Hulk. Yep. That's Looking my for reason. more of the same. Um, I'm kind of sad that Donnie Cates' run on Guardians of the Galaxy ended the way that it did, but mm-hmm. it feel, I, you know, I did finish that recently. It feels as though he got to tell the story he wanted to, um, almost as though they knew that this was going to be the beginning, middle, and end of a story that he was going to tell, that he wasn't going to leave any kind of, like, uh, 
dangling pop plot threads, if you will. Right. But I, uh, this is, and this isn't a knock. I don't think any non immortal Hulk story uh, ever ends. I think it's just going to weave like stuff he's done in guardians of the galaxy is just going to weave into his Thor book. Yeah. I can That's, see that. That mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense. You know, because you know, with Venom and everything, Null coming, and they talked about like you know his Silver Surfer Black, and he shows up in in Thor, and every, I don't know. I just feel like he's on the cusp of having that next War of the Realms. All of this stuff's going to come together to be whatever, and that's going to be the big crossover. Well, we'll see. Right, and, and I think you know we've talked about it before, and again, Al Ewing does great job, great work, whatever. But Donny Cates is and has been doing a really good job of, you know, and I don't think a lot of people have really done this so overtly since I think Bendis really at Marvel, where they tie all of their stuff together very loosely. Right. That, you know, it's not, none of the stuff is an official crossover, but Mm -hmm. if you're reading a lot of his stuff, a lot of stuff references the other stuff that he's writing. Right, it never punishes a new reader, yes. but it rewards a long-time reader. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I think that's it. So while you're over at longboxheroes.com, be sure to check out all the other stuff that Todd and I have done, whether it be past episodes of this show, past episodes of Longbox Heroes After Dark, the 2017 smash sensation Todd and Joe have issues. You could also check out our store, little button there. We could purchase shirts or stickers or pins with our fancy logos on them. You could also check out our T Public store for even more designs, more things inspired by this show, the soon to be named network, and at odds with wrestling. You could also sign up for our Patreon. We give the harder push for it over on After Dark because that's one of the benefits. If you're a $5 and up person, you get After Dark before everyone else does. For as little as a dollar a month, you get both of our bonus shows, Babbling Brooks, talking about the film works of Mel Brooks, and Previewing the Past, where Todd and I will be going page by page through the issue catalog of previews from 30 years ago this month. Uh, like I said, you can get those both for as little as a dollar a month. Five dollars get them before everyone else. Patreon.com slash longboxheroes. Mm-hmm. Another great way that you can help us out, of course, is by clicking on the Amazon banner across the top of the page. Does not cost you anything extra. Amazon and Jeff Bezos personally call it an advertising fee because without us, Todd and Joe, Longbox Heroes, reminding you that Amazon is a thing. You would just be going to general stores, uh, yard sales, and things of that nature to buy pretty much everything in the world. You have us to thank for reminding you that Amazon.com is a thing. So why not use the banner across the top of our page over at LongboxHeroes.com and give us that little bit of a kickback that we so rightfully deserve? Yes. Some of the notable purchases through the Amazon click-through this past week include someone purchased a Lavoit air purifier for home allergies and pet hair smokers in bedroom, true HEPA filter, 24 dB filtration system, cleaner odor eliminators, removes 99.97% of smoke, mold, dust, pollen from large room, I don't know about that 0.3%. You might want to get your money back. Uh, They also purchased a three-pack of replacement filters for said air purifier. So thank you very much for that. And I need to keep better track of how often this comes up. 
because someone restocked their pantry with a variety of bulk purchase items from Little Debbie Oatmeal Cream Pies, the Frito-Lay VP Party Mix Cube, Simply Organic Doritos Tortilla Chips and Cheeto Puffs, Nabisco Snack Pack Cookie Mix, including Oreo, Chips Ahoy, and Nutter Butters, Cheez-It Original Cheese Cracker, Box of 12, uh, Quaker Chewy Granola Bars, Combo Variety Pack, Little Debbie Nutty Bars, and snap into it, Todd, because someone purchased a 14-count bulk pack of Slim Jims, snack-sized smoke meat sticks. Ooh, Bone Samagra's favorite product. Right. Um, also, I would like to say, I think this person who did all these, I hope they're the same person, and I hope they're stocking up for the kickoff of the XFL show. Aren't we all, Todd? Mm-hmm. <sighs> I, I have a countdown clock in my house that's counting down to the <laughs> XFL, and it wants me to put a reason why I'm doing the countdown, and every time that I put in the start of the XFL, it says, really? Really? Mm-hmm. Uh, see, once the XFL starts, I'm gonna have a I'm gonna have an ongoing clock that's gonna count up until it's canceled. That's what I want. I want the exact moment, you know, for posterity. Like canceled, like they're not going to be doing the league anymore, or canceled and someone in the league or Vince himself does something horrible and he himself gets canceled. You know what? I'll I'll keep a clock for both. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. So thank you, everyone, who made any purchases through the Amazon click-through this past week. Signs up for the Patreon. Purchase any merch from us. It all helps us out greatly in keeping this train, this show, moving. Rock and roll train. Here we come. Todd, did we have any art attacks this week? Uh, We did not, even though Twitter's playing defense on me tonight and not letting me look over it. Last I saw, we didn't have any. Yeah, I didn't see any neither. That's early in the year. Yeah. But, you know, get out to some conventions. Go buy some stuff off someone uh, digitally. Uh, Everyone's set up as a storefront Mm -hmm. online anyway these days. Or if you yourself are a burgeoning artist, tweet out your work to us at Todd's Art Attack, and we'll share your work with the rest of the world. That's right. Go to that con and try to get a uh, drawing off of the Killer Bees if you can. Oh, that's while right. You, while you're wearing that c- third community mask and become the third Killer Bee, Hepatitis B. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that can't be the show title this week. <laughs> oh, I, I was holstering that one for a while. I didn't know how I was going to get it in, Joe, but I did. Good. Uh, maybe it'll be the show title. I don't know. <laughs> so uh, that's it for the main show. We're going to get into a bunch of TV talk here. So if you're not up to date on Legends of Tomorrow, Arrow, or Doctor Who, we bid you adieu. Thank you for listening. Episode 486 of Longbox Heroes. And we'll take like a second pause here to uh, go over to the TV stuff. It's like we're physically getting up and moving over to TV discussion. Uh, I would I would do that, but I don't like moving. So I, I'm going to guess we're going to talk about Arrow and Legends of Tomorrow first, since they're like the older of the two. 
I'm fine with that, especially since they're wrapping up the giant Crisis on Infinite Earth crossover. Yeah. So I want to say this. Uh, I don't want to say that you directly lied to me like Dan DiDio did. Mm -hmm. But you indirectly lied to me in saying that this was going to be the last episode of Arrow. But then there's like two more episodes of Arrow after this. Oh, no, I don't think I, I said this was this was going to be the last av- episode of Arrow that you were probably going to watch because there was there's two left. I knew that because one of them, the, the one that's on tonight, I even believe, isn't even uh, a story. It's basically setting up a possible it's a backdoor pilot, Joe. It's an Al's gal. This episode that's coming up. That's so last year, Todd. Yeah, it is so last year. So the the crux of these two episodes, the Arrow episode and Legends of Tomorrow episode, is essentially to unite all of the Earths that all of the CW shows and even some of the other DC shows take place on. And maybe even a little bit of the movies, too. Well, yes and no. Okay. They, so ended, up, they ended up merging all the... All the planets of everybody that was left alive at the end, you know what I mean? To go on to, like, and then, so that's Earth Prime, and but there's also a multiverse out there still. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, So what was the point of doing this? It was just to get all the CW people on the same Earth. Pretty much. But what they did was they completely jump-started, or jumped over everything because between Crisis on Infinite Earths in the comics to Infinite Crisis, I believe, was when they brought back all the multiple Earths. So what they did was they just merged them and then went, because uh, that was how Crisis ended on Infinite Earths. And then, like, oh, well, that's all crazy. We need the multiple Earths back. And that was years later. So they just skipped a whole bunch of stuff and got right to having multiple Earths again. Yes, it's very confusing, which once again comes into the problem that we discuss anytime Christ on Infinite. It was one of the worst things that DC ever did. Looked beautiful, loved George Perez, loved Marv Wolfman, but man, it to this day still confuses everything, including their TV crossovers. Right, and I think if they just went to Earth Prime and said everything exists on the same Earth and not done the multiverse thing, mm-hmm. it may have been a messy way to get there, but at least we're there. But now we went through this messy way of getting there. All the CW people are on the same Earth, but then they're like, oh, now there's new Earths out there that in six to ten years will have to fold into these Earths again if these TV shows still exist, you know? Right, but I don't think that'll happen because, like, you're not going to have the, 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 the DC Universe Doom Patrol f- fold in you're just gonna have whatever's on the cw any new show that pops up like because apparently i guess at the time i was shortly after we recorded last week they announced and we don't do a lot of tv talk was that they announced that that superman lois tv show that was going to pilot has now gone has been bought for a series so that show since it's been brought in will be on the earth prime, but like the Brandon Routh, Kristen, Christopher Reeves, Superman's in their own earth. I, I don't know. Don't care. I, that's why I am kind of getting burned out on all the DC TV show stuff where I don't know. I mean, legends of tomorrow will always be my go-to show, but man, I, I think I'm going to stop watching Batwoman and like cut it down to just like flash. I'm glad arrows going away. Uh, I don't know. It's just too much and just seems sloppy and I'm getting bored with the whole, giant universe thing 
Yeah, well, like I said, I, I, I definitely tried, you know, many, many moons ago with Arrow, and I never finished season one. And every time things crossed over, um, you know, I've given everything at least a try of an episode or two or three or even almost a full season. But I'm good with just sticking with Flash and Legends of Tomorrow. Yep. So and you're done even with... if I had to make a choice, I'm good with sticking with just Legends of Tomorrow. So you're done with Batwoman then? You never because I know you yeah, did a couple. Yeah, like, so I watched like the first three episodes, and I fell behind, and we're caught up, and I like it. It's interesting, but it doesn't feel like it's treading any new ground. And right. I don't have the same connection to Batwoman that I have to Flash. Obviously, you your connection to Flash is much you know longer than mine. But I still like the Flash a lot. I've been there since day one. It kind of hooked me right from the beginning with how strong that first episode was. And Legend of Tomorrow is just a clown show. It's just so much fun. I'm with you. I'm going to stay around for Flash just because I'm legally obligated to as a Flash fan. But, yeah, I'm with you. I'm thinking I'm just I'm dropping Batwoman. And Legends is going to be my go-to comic book show. Uh, but, yeah, so like I said, I, I'm looking over this this – this crossover, these last two issues, I thought there was a lot of wasted time in the Arrow episode where, you know, the Paragons uh, had to get together and Barry had to find them in Ollie's timeline. And a lot of that made no sense because they're like, go be the beacon. You'll know where to go because it's the most important times of their lives. And I'm like, you don't even know when... When the, the most you weren't even you don't even know about most of these events. So how are you finding them? And then I was like, just get to the battle with the monitor, um, and at the beginning of time with the paragons of truth, and we ended up seeing Ollie die. And that's basically what that arrow episode's about. And I was like, okay, I do think he's gonna come back in the last two episodes. Spoiler alert. Um, but that to me, that second to last episode was really really weak until we got to the to the big bat yep um if that last episode was making me feel any sort of pathos or longing for ollie and the sacrifice that he made it didn't right and well even as a, as an arrow watcher it didn't work for me either i thought it was kind of sad that he got his death but he already had two deaths if you're watching arrow he's already died twice he died once in the series and he was brought back and then he died at the, in this crossover once already. So I'm like, Oh, so this is his third death. There's no emotional, you know, association with this. But now I will say that happening and them all waking up, you know, for legends of tomorrow and being on the, the earth prime, if you will, boy, howdy does the tonal change seem drastic when you go. Cause that first 10 minutes of legends of tomorrow following, you know, the destruction of the universe and re putting it back together, having them fighting a giant Bebo and the legends doing their legend shtick. I'm like, man, I missed this, but boy, does this feel out? If it's good, but it feels out of place in this crossover. Right. And, you know, you know, they even address that. You know, you got suckered into the crossover. Mm -hmm. It's like, did you get into the crossover? And then the Martian Manhunter's going around uh, touching everybody's forehead and they're getting their memories back. But I will say, I popped for Marv Wolfman. Oh, yeah, but, yeah. That was It was good that he got, like, an extended cameo. That was really neat. Right. I was just kind of mad. Not mad, but I don't know if with him retiring, if George would, Perez should have been there, too. You know what I mean? Um, well, like, I hope he was asked. 
Yeah, okay, because I know George Perez, like, he just did, like, his retirement tour. Mm-hmm. One could only imagine that he wasn't in there because maybe there was, like, scheduling conflicts. True, because he did have that last con that he had to redo. Maybe they did it while they were shooting. All I'm saying is if Marv was there, I at least hope if it was if George wasn't in there, it was because he declined, not because they didn't respect him enough to ask him. That's all I'm saying. But Yep. I loved like the whole Sargon the Sorcerer, you know, like that was a blast. I want to see more of it. And, you know, seeing Ray be like, oh my God, you got, you got suckered into the crossover. Did we win? We probably won. I was like, this is everything. And then it weaved out of a Legends of Tomorrow episode and went into the final fight with the Annie Monitor where they sent him into the microverse. No, wait. There might be legal problems, copyright with that. So it's into the Adam first. They sent him. Ooh, I like that better. <laughs> that was great. I crack up every time they do an inside joke on there. Now, the one thing that I will have to say is, of course, as we're uh, addressing, you know, the the differences between the episode of Arrow and the episode of Legends of Tomorrow. The I, I'll say that this was a, I don't want to say a tip of the cap. I don't want to say an homage, but it was a paying of respect to Legends of Tomorrow in the Arrow episode because, boy howdy, that beard that Ryan Choi had was embarrassing. I was waiting to see if you would mention the Ryan oh, Choi. I was on, leaving Tom. it. I was leaving it to you. <laughs> Bravo. An embarrassment for any other form of entertainment in the history of the world. A benchmark that all other facial hairs will be judged upon if it was in the Legend of Tomorrow episode. That's a and then brief. when Ryan Choi showed up and he didn't have the beard, and I'm like, this is the show where he doesn't have the fake, horrible-looking beard in. All right, all right, I hope somebody gets fired over this. That's right. Or at you least gets I'm... promoted over on Legends of Tomorrow. <laughs> right. They didn't have the Legends of Tomorrow, didn't have the fake beard. Boy, that was a, you know, a brave Ryan choice right there. Oof. What? No? Uh, no. But yeah, so in the end, I look at what we just saw in Legends of Tomorrow as not so much the series premiere of Legends as it was more the last episode of the crossover. I feel whatever is on as we're recording this right now is the season premiere of Legends of Tomorrow. Yep. And is Flashback or no? No, tonight is the uh, penultimate Arrow episode uh, before they close it out next. I don't even know if, know if it's next week. And then Legends tomorrow. There's no Flash this week because it's weird. I thought that, too. I was like Legends and Arrow on a Tuesday night. So I don't typically do this, but I do this because I love you, Legends of Tomorrow. Um, The episode that's on as we speak, as we speak is entitled Meet the Legends. Mm-hmm. Uh, where they invite a documentary crew on to <laughs> film the legends in their day-to-day activity. <laughs> oh, if the office meets legends of tomorrow. All right. Now, the following episodes don't have descriptions of what the episode's about, but I will just tell you the titles of the episodes, Todd. I, I know some of them, but go ahead. Okay. Miss Me, Kiss Me, Love Me. Okay, whatever. Good. Slay Anything. I I hope it's some sort of Going back to the 80s slasher pastiche. Well, how is it spelled? Like S-L-A-Y? Yes. Okay. Uh, the next one is A Head of Her Time. <laughs> oh, boy. Hoping that some sort of Marie Antoinette, some sort of French Revolution, 
guillotine, people being beheaded sort of thing. Right. Uh, the next one is called Mortal Combat. Oh, that's that's peak right there. In a ham-fisted, putting together K-A-H-N-B-A-T. Oh, a K-H-A-N? Yes. Like, like, con! Yes. Well, okay. Con, perhaps. Right. Uh, next one is Mr. Parker's Cul-de-Sac. Okay. I'm not really sure what that's in reference to. Uh, but then we have I what would assumingly be uh, the se- this, uh, the season finale, perhaps, uh, Romeo v. Juliet, Dawn of Justness. <laughs> Could we have that episode now? I'm really <laughs> no, hoping Tom, that... You have to wait two months for it, at least. Oh, I'm hoping that they give whatever's in that, that they give uh, a, a certain director who's named after a pretzel, uh, the just, the you know, just hoist him by his own petard for most of that. You know, there is going to be a line in that episode where someone says, oh, that move is called, or that thing is called the Snyder Cut. Oh. You know. Like, it's like, it's like it's like give me one of those sandwiches. You want the large one? No, I want the Snyder cut, the shorter one. The something. Right. Oh, thank oh, please give me something there. Well, unfortunately, Todd, you'll have to deal with this. The most recent episode of Doctor Who. Oh, okay. Hey, remember last week where they ripped off like Planet of the Apes and like War of the World sort of stuff and like aliens and whatnot? Right. This one is them kind of taking on like all the Nikola Tesla stuff that's been. Uh, wasn't there like a movie that came out last year called The Current War, which essentially was the Tesla Edison stuff? Right. Yeah. What if you just took that movie that went through like all sorts of developmental hell and the producers mucked with it and the director took his name off and all this other stuff, which in and of itself kind of took away from what the movie itself was about, which was still pretty good. And you just ham fistedly shove the Doctor Who in there. Uh, I feel as though this season of Doctor Who so far is a little uninspired after a hot opening with those first two episodes. Listen, son, which was just stolen from James Bond. I don't, I, I love this episode. Basically what it was, was uh, she hooks up with Nikola Tesla and they find out that something's, you know, running around stealing parts and you end up finding out that it's a, alien who they don't want to invent anything for themselves they just like scavenging other people's tech so they have a mishmash of different stuff and they want tesla to fix their ship because they feel where they are stuck he's the smartest one and that ticks off edison blah 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 you know what Uh, i love this episode i had a ton of fun my favorite part of it was when doctor who and uh Nikola Tesla end up having a conversation about like the feeling that you get when you invent something and how they're a stranger, no matter where they go. And like the doctor can equate to, to what Tesla's feeling. Like I had a blast. I thought this was a super fun episode. I like how Edison was a dirt bag in it, but in the end, like kind of begrudgingly respected Tesla. And we finally, you know, Tesla didn't, you know, win the world over with his, but now he's getting the recognition he kind of deserves. And it's all because of Dr. Who Joe, all because of Dr. Who. Mm. I liked the design of the aliens. Mm-hmm. I liked the idea of the aliens just being scavengers and just kind of making 
like taking whatever they can to kind of make shift their way through the galaxy that they weren't really weren't bent, bent on world domination. They were just like thieves essentially. Right. And I think by tying in like quote unquote, such a known real world thing didn't have the same oomph for for it. And yes, of course you're like, Oh, the doctor and the inventing and you know, whatever. I don't have the same affinity for the doctor as you do. I, I'm I'm watching these shows under duress, so they have to really prove themselves to me. As mentioned, I really liked the design of the aliens. I thought the alien stuff was cool, but the Tesla uh, Edison stuff just felt played out. Okay. I, I disagree, but, you know, hey, discerning tastes, I guess. Yes. But again, you know, maybe next week they'll rip off Oh, I don't know. Maybe an Indiana Jones type thing. But it'll be Maybe. like Alan Quartermain or whatever his like. The guy uh, who found King Tut's tomb. Yeah. Or like what's a what's a movie that's been in the theaters like in the last year or two that was sci-fi-y that they can kind of just lift from. Uh, Rise of Skywalker. Uh, no, too see, that's, that's too narrow. Like we need something that's a little bit more broad or something that's been out there for a while. Right, right. I don't know what to tell you. I don't keep track of all these movies that come out, Joe. Do we have a spreadsheet of movies? Maybe they'll do a 1917 one, so. There you go. There's where your money is. I think, 19, is it 1917 up for a bunch of Oscars or something? Yes, they'll do that. And maybe maybe they'll go back to when, you know, when uh, Manson family went to Sharon Tate's house, too. That'd be a good Doctor Who episode. Oh, yeah. What if they do, like, a Once Upon a Time in Hollywood thing? Oh, Once Upon a Time on Gallifrey. And I think maybe where I'm coming from is is they... And I think you could probably answer this a little bit better, where they set up, like, all this hot stuff in that those, that the, the season opener, those, the two-parter. You know, it's like, here's the whole thing with the Master, and of course, yes, the Master gets defeated in the plan, and the whole thing about, like, Gallifrey... Like, everything they knew about Gallifrey being wrong... And it's been two episodes, and that stuff just hasn't come up. Right, even though they kind of hint at it in this. Like, they said something like, haven't you ever seen a dead planet? And you're like, she, yeah, I saw one last week when I went home. You know what I mean? Um, she doesn't say it, but that's kind of the, the implied thing. Um, in past seasons, this showrunner does less of the overarching stuff every week. Where the last two showrunners, Moffat and Russell T. Davies, would, for the most part, they would have 13 episode seasons, and every episode would have something that would move the plot along, mm -hmm. the main storyline. And occasionally you'd go an episode where, like, we're just not mentioning this is a standalone story, blah, blah, blah. But this guy kind of, he only did that one season last year, and the whole thing was the only thing that tied in, everything was separate, was the first episode was Tim Shaw. The last episode was Tim Shaw. That's, you know what I mean? So, yeah. And, and I remembered that from last time. And I have a strange feeling that that's what this is going to be. I don't think so. I think, cause I, I think we're going to get something to move that, uh, the, the, whatever it is, it has to do with the timeless child. That's the lie or whatever. I think we're going to get more information in next week's episode. I, I don't know. Like I look at it as, I don't know. I'm a big fan. I've watched a lot of worse Doctor Who. This is really good to me. So, yeah. We'll see. 
We'll see as well. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you hate Nicholas. I'm I'm sad you hate Nicholas Tesla, Nikola Tesla. No, I don't hate them. You hate them both for everything they gave us. I, I just, uh, you know, this this isn't uh, hitting what I'm looking for, you know. Right. Well, there's only like I don't know seven episodes left, so you should you'll find a bunch you like in those. Yeah. It'll probably be the last one or two. You know what? I will admit they'll they always kind of try to bring the thunder in the last two episodes, but hopefully they'll tie more together as we go. Yes, sir. I believe that's everything now. That is certainly everything, yes. So, now thank you everyone for listening to episode 486 of Longbox Heroes. This wraps everything up. For Todd, this is Joe saying thanks for listening, and we'll see you all here next week. Remember, be a faucet, not a drain. Boop! You're listening to the soon-to-be-named network, the Lamborghini of Podcast Network.